Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi there. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. buddy Fred just sent me a picture. You know, William Shatner went to space yesterday. <laughs> well done. It's and it's it's photoshopped, but it's Shatner holding up a a, a note card. <laughs> Suck it, card. <laughs> uh, the debate over which is the greatest captain of the Enterprise has now been settled. All right, we must move on. We we must move on. I. Uh, I, you know, so the downside is I, I suddenly want to roll a bunch of things into one. And then if I do that, it, it's going to mess up my show because I, I've had thoughts on how I wanted to proceed with the show. And now I'm thinking I need to, well, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to behave, make life easier for everyone else. Katie Couric has admitted that she edited out a quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg in an interview she did with the late justice from the Supreme Court. Now, Ginsburg's statement eventually came out, but Couric didn't put it in her interview. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not a fan of people taking a knee in the NFL. Ginsburg thought it looked unseemly on people to protest in that way against a country that had given them so much, though deeply flawed. And Katie Couric edited out Ruth Bader Ginsburg's quote so that the public would not see it, so that she would, in some sense, be protecting Ruth Bader Ginsburg from the mob. Couric actually has a habit of doing this. Katie Couric interviewed uh, gun rights supporters a while back. And the gun rights supporters, she asked them a question and they provided an answer to her question. And Couric edited their answer to make it look like they really didn't have an answer to her question. And uh, Stephen Gatowski, who writes The Reload, he highlighted this that Couric had a habit of doing these sorts of things. Katie Couric has a habit of editing interviews to make her protagonists look good and her villains look bad. And Stephen Gutowski highlighted she asked Second Amendment uh, activists a question, and I'm trying to remember what the question was. I had it pulled up and... and then I I closed the screen, and there it goes. Uh, in any event, she was asking a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Um, that uh, Katie Couric was asking about 
uh, a a delay in buying firearms, a 24-hour delay in buying firearms, and they had a question, they had an answer. And she edited it to make it look like they had no answer. She wrote about this, uh, he wrote about this at um, the Washington Free Beacon. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it was background checks. She asked Second Amendment officials if there are no background checks for gun purchases, how do you prevent felonies or terrorists from purchasing a gun? And her question was met with silence. And it turns out, actually, that the gun activists, the Second Amendment activists, they actually had provided, they actually did provide a real answer to Katie Couric. Let me ask you another question. If there are no background checks for gun purchasers, how do you prevent felons or terrorists from purchasing a gun? That was that was it. The the silence edited in. This is the raw audio. If there are no background checks, how do you prevent I know how you all are going to answer this, but I'm asking anyway. If there are no background checks for gun purchasers, how do you prevent felons or terrorists from walking into, say, a licensed gun dealer and purchasing a gun? Well, one, if if you're not in jail, you should still have your basic rights, and you should go buy a gun. So if you're uh, a terrorist or a felon? If you're, if you're a felon and you've done your time, you should have your rights. What well, the fact is we do have statutes both at the federal and state level. You don't have to go any further than that to notice she added added sound and made them all. You see the video of them. They're looking at their shoe. They're looking at the sky. They're looking anywhere but her. And that's not what happened. She edited the video. She did this with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Katie Couric is a progressive Her mother was an abortion rights activist. She herself is an abortion rights activist. She is of the left. She hobnobs with the left. She wants to be liked by the left. And she has steered and shaped her news to elevate the arguments of the left. She has steered and shaped her news to protect the patron saints of the left, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, from attacks by the left. But it's not just Katie Couric who does this, who has done this, or who will do this. Dan Rather, no, no, no. I'm not even talking about that incident. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about that incident. Back in the day... Uh, Dan Rather interviewed George H.W. Bush. And George H.W. Bush insisted on a live interview. He insisted on them not editing the tape. And they got into a shouting match. And in so doing, the then vice president of the United States stormed out of the room. And this is important here. 
Dan Rather wanted to pre-record the interview. And Bush did not trust Dan Rather and insisted on a live interview. And it actually really helped George H.W. Bush. He confronted aggressively Dan Rather. And it helped George H.W. Bush. People thought that Rather was being disrespectful. It elevated George H.W. Bush in the polls. He was not going to allow Dan Rather to interview or ambush him. 60 Minutes is notorious for these sorts of interviews where they use multiple cameras and they go through the rigmarole of pretending they're changing tape or some such while the interview still continues and you lower your guard down and they might catch you or they edit things out. 60 Minutes has been notorious for this. This is what the media does. It's not real reporting. It may be journalism, but it's not real. Now, that gets me to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan had Sanjay Gupta on Joe Rogan's podcast. What's his name? Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta is the performance clown of CNN. He uh, got a, after Trump left, they needed something to do with him. So they parked him at an anchor desk where he can still obsess about Trump and conservatives. And Jim Acosta attacked Joe Rogan for taking a horse medicine. Joe Rogan's medicine, ivermectin, was actually prescribed by a doctor, not a veterinarian. Ivermectin, contrary to what Jim Acosta said, ivermectin is actually a medicine that was made for humans. The inventors of it won the Nobel Prize for medicine. It is a, a antiparasitic. It has cured river blindness in Africa. Over a billion people have been prescribed ivermectin. But doctors are using ivermectin to treat COVID patients. I have a niece whose doctor prescribed her ivermectin because ivermectin is not just an antiparasitic. Ivermectin is a well-known anti-inflammatory. One of the things that um, COVID can do is cause a kytosine storm and it causes massive inflammation as your body essentially begins to attack itself and, and your organs, particularly your lungs, can swell up. You get very inflamed. It becomes very hard to breathe. Ivermectin stops that from happening, which is why doctors have been prescribing it. But a lot of people who don't want to take the COVID vaccine have been saying use ivermectin. And so the pro-vaccine forces in the media and in government have decided they have to shame people who are using ivermectin because they want to steer everyone to the vaccine. Plenty of doctors are prescribing ivermectin, but if you go to a CVS or Walgreens now, they're probably not going to fill it for you, even though your doctor prescribed it uh, because they're scared of what the federal government might do. You got to go to an independent pharmacy to get it. Yes, it is true. Ivermectin is also used by vets in higher doses. And yes, it is true. A few people who couldn't get it got the veterinary medicine and overdosed on it. And yet members of the media were running stories claiming that there were so many overdoses on this horse medicine, people couldn't get help in Oklahoma. It wasn't true. It was not true. The hospitals denied it was true, but one doctor claimed it was true and the media ran with it. So Joe Rogan has Sanjay Gupta on his program and pretty much gets Gupta to acknowledge that they shouldn't have reported the story about Joe Rogan as they did, that Jim Acosta should not have done it. Naturally, Don Lemon is one of the people who had to rush out and defend Jim Acosta 
and double down on attacking Joe Rogan after this interview occurred. But the reality is CNN got it wrong. CNN attacked inappropriately Joe Rogan and did so in a way to cast aspersions on Rogan and on any doctor who would prescribe ivermectin despite it being well-documented as working. The media has an agenda. And that agenda increasingly aligns with the left. It increasingly aligns with the partisan Democrats. And it increasingly is why people, even on the left, don't trust the media. They don't trust the media because the media seems to have a vested interest in steering the news in particular directions. And the way the media steers the news is not just to uh, steer interviews towards the Democratic slant, but to also steer you to be enraged. A friend of mine just texted me and said, don't forget, Katie Kirk also interviewed Newt Gingrich's mother, where she leans in and she just says, come on, just between the two of us sort of thing and gets Newt Gingrich's mother to say something that Newt Gingrich and his mom could be attacked on. The media has been doing this for a while now and people are caught on. And the main reason people caught on, it's not that people didn't really know it was happening, but in the age of the internet, it's very hard for the big three, CBS, NBC, and ABC to maintain a monopoly on the news. It's very hard for CNN to be able to do something without being exposed because now there's Fox News. This is why they hate Fox News. It's not that they hate Fox News because it's right of center. It's that Fox News will expose them in what they're doing and show their bias. And Fox News provides an alternative counter-programming to what's actually going on in the world. And they hate it because they're all aligned. They're all aligned. And here comes Fox News and conservative media, talk radio, and they're not aligned, they're not on the same page. And the media is mad because they say, well, these other guys are driving an agenda. And now actually, we can expose them and the agenda they're driving. And it's of the left. They use their pulpit as bullies to badger and harass people like Joe Rogan and you and me. And then they also use their platforms to protect people on the left who say things that they don't like and say things that they think other people won't like and they protect them. And along the way, what they're doing is they're degrading our trust in the media. Now, before I go to break, let let me, let me put all of these stories together in a current story. Southwest airlines, what actually happened? Southwest said it was FAA moves, repositioning of aircraft and weather. Everyone else said, no, it's it's a boycott by pilots for the vaccine. I talked to pilots. I emailed pilots. They listened to me in Atlanta who were saying, yeah, it's, it's the vaccine. It's not the mandate since we expect to be fired. So we're going on and we're taking our vacation days before they fire us. The media took Southwest side and said, oh, it's not, it's not a vaccine mandate. No, the people say this, they're, they're crazy right-wingers nursing an agenda. Who do you believe, the pilots or the media and Southwest? We should be able to have a media that tells us the truth. Instead, the media is too busy shaping narratives to help the left 
that there's really no one out there who really just focuses on telling us the truth. Sometimes we disagree with the truth. Sometimes we don't like it. I know I tell you people things sometimes and it's the truth and you get mad at me and send me hate mail and all I did was tell you the truth. Like the election wasn't stolen. (gasps) Can't say that, but it's true. You'll send me hate mail now and claim you saw a video of somebody who interpreted something some way through another video in a source that you don't know about, but you believe it's true that shows that it was stolen. You don't like that. Somebody's got to just tell us the truth, but nobody believes anybody anymore, and that's kind of the problem, and it's also why places like Russia and China know they can take us now because none of us believe anything anyone else says anymore. We just believe what we want to believe, and sometimes we believe crap. Sometimes... The media tries to serve it up to us on a platter and tell us that it's true. That's the biggest problem. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you anywhere in the nation. If you've got big deals that you want to carry out, you want to, well, you want to spend a lot of money. Well, you want to get a loan for a lot of money to buy a building, buy a business, buy a fleet of cars, build a building. You need to go to First Liberty Building Loan. They can help you wherever you are in the United States of America. They make their own lending decisions. They've been doing this since the early 90s. Good family. The Frost really love them. They're just great people. They really stepped up to help my show, and they want to help you. They do this for businesses and have for a long time. Where banks are telling you no, the Frost may be able to get you to yes. Spend 10 minutes with them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. All right. I got to move to what's happening in Virginia. But before I get to what's happening in Virginia, I, I got to this. Yeah, hey, listen, I, I don't care where you are. There's a story out today. You just let spend, spend three minutes with me when we come back. And I will make you care about that. You will be made to care about the Virginia race. You just the spin on it. Just wait until you hear what happened. But first, this headline from Business Insider. Hunter Biden isn't Trump. But what he's up to is bad and deserves your attention, even if you hate Fox News. Meditate on that headline, please. This is Business Insider. Hunter Biden isn't Trump, but what he's up to is bad and deserves your attention, even if you hate Fox News. The amount of apology that had to go into writing a headline at a left-of-center publication to get its audience to care about a story is staggering. They couldn't just report on Hunter Biden. They essentially have to declare their apology in advance for trying to report on Hunter Biden. But by the way, it's a really big deal. It is. Hunter Biden selling this art. It is such a, it's it's a money laundering scheme, essentially, where rich people are throwing money at him. Who knows how much money they're going to pay to get access to his dad. But you and I both know it's an ethical nightmare waiting to happen for Hunter's dad. And Hunter's dad doesn't care, but Hunter's dad's the president and should care. Imagine if this were the Trump family. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I need to read you a headline from the New York Times. I've been saying for some time that one of the greatest advantages Republicans have in the United States right now is that the media and Democrats are in such a bubble 
that they are constantly caught off guard to stories. They're constantly caught off guard as to issues. In the first hour of the program, I was talking about the Democrats' proposal that allows the IRS to get data on any bank account or Venmo account or Cash App account, credit unions, you name it, where there are $600 worth of transactions in or out in a month. In talking about that, it generated so many phone calls. It was like we were talking about uh, Obamacare back in 2010 or Common Core back when parents were revolting against Common Core. I mean, the phones light up about this issue. People care passionately about this issue. And it's an issue that catches the Democrats off guard because it's not something that Democrats pay attention to in large part because everyone they know agrees with them. They think it's a fine idea and they don't realize that there's a voter rebellion against the idea coming because they don't know any voters. It's like Pauline Kale, the, the critic from the New York Times, who was shocked when she went to bed and woke up to Richard Nixon's reelection because nobody she knew voted for Richard Nixon. How could this be? The media is in this bubble. They're all Pauline Kale these days. Last year, it was defund the police. We spent a year watching small businesses protest to reopen and the media condemned them. And then you had the George Floyd protests where people were in the streets without masks on and the media thought, who cares about the virus? It's your civil right. Burn that business down. It's not violence. They got insurance. This was the media, the fiery but mostly peaceful protests. They never saw the backlash coming, and the backlash came. Again, Republicans were expected to be wiped out. Republicans were expected to lose state legislatures and governor's mansions. They not only didn't, but they picked some up along the way. And they came within a few seats of picking up the House of Representatives when everybody's polling, the Democrats and the Republicans, said a Democratic wave was coming. They came very close. They would have held on to the Senate, except for the Republicans in Georgia, given up. The media never saw it coming. The Democrats never saw it coming because the media and the Democrats, they feed off of each other. And in so doing, they get blindsided. So let me read you a headline. This is from the New York Times. And Philip, this is what you want to send to Rev. This is the headline. The unlikely issue shaping the Virginia's Virginia governor's race. The unlikely issue shaping the Virginia governor's race. The unlikely unlikely issue. What do you think that issue is? It's unlikely. If it's an unlikely issue, It's an issue you didn't see coming. It's an issue nobody expected. It's an issue no one thought would be a big deal. It's unlikely. What is the issue? Schools. The headline. The unlikely issue shaping the Virginia governor's race, colon, Schools. 
subheadline. Virginia Republicans in a tight governor's race have been staging Parents Matter rallies and tapping into conservative anger over mandates and critical race theory. Only the left would think this issue is unlikely. You've had a year of lockdowns. In Northern Virginia, local school boards condemned parents for hiring tutors last year. When schools were shut down last year in Virginia, wealthier parents, black and white, hired tutors for their kids. In a lot of cases, the parents pooled their money and the tutors tutored lots of kids at one time. In many cases, well-documented cases, a lot of conscientious parents realize there are kids in my kid's class who can't afford this. I'm going to invite them over and I'll take care of it or we'll pool our money together so that everybody shares the cost, so that the unfortunate, the disadvantaged kids are advantaged and the school boards condemned them. And they kept the school shut down and parents were exposed to what their kids were learning through Zoom calls when they worked. And the school boards were unapologetic. And then they went back to school and even the kindergartners were forced to put masks on. And for a while there, they didn't know they were going to have school. And the kids were behind. Then it turns out the schools in Virginia, despite Terry McAuliffe, the gubernatorial candidate there for the Democrats, despite Terry McAuliffe denying it, the schools in Virginia have been teaching critical race theory. They've been teaching the kids when they come to school and the parents heard it. The parents were on the Zoom calls. The parents could hear it last year. They weren't teaching kids to read. They weren't teaching kids to write. They weren't teaching kids math. They were teaching kids that they're victims or victimizers. They weren't teaching American history. They were teaching repackaged 1619 nonsense. And parents started showing up at school boards. And the school boards reacted nastily to having parents show up and tell them how to do their jobs. And now the former governor of Virginia running for governor again, Terry McAuliffe at a debate says he didn't believe parents should be able to tell schools how to do their jobs. And they should not be allowed to go to school boards and tell school boards what to do. They shouldn't be allowed to do it. It's offensive to him that anyone would go to the school board and tell the schools that they shouldn't be teaching critical race theory, that they should be opening the schools, that their elementary school kids shouldn't have to wear masks. And he doubled down on it as well. McAuliffe has doubled down on all of this. And now the New York Times believes that this issue is an unlikely issue. Have they not paid attention? This is Lisa Lehrer in the New York Times. As a lifelong Republican in her home state of Virginia, Tammy Yoder faithfully casts her ballot for those who want to lower taxes, oppose abortion, and back other conservative causes. 
But the issue that transformed Ms. Yoder, a stay-at-home mother, from a reliable voter to the kind of person who brings three young children to an evening campaign rally wasn't her Christian values or her pocketbook. It was something even more personal, she said, what her children learn in school. The last year has revealed a ton to me, says Ms. Yoder, 41, as she waited in the Northern Virginia exurb for a speech by Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate for governor. The more I've listened and paid attention, the more I see what's happening in schools and on college campuses and the stuff I see, I don't want corrupting my children. From fights over evolution to desegregation to prayer, education battles have been a staple of the country's divisive cultural issues for decades, but not quite like this. After months of closed classrooms and lost learning time, Republicans in Virginia are making the schools the focus of their final push to capture the governor's office, hoping to rally conservatives around both their frustrations over mask mandates and mandatory vaccinations and their fears of what their children are being taught. Vocal groups of parents, some led by Republican activists, are organizing against school curricula, opposing public health measures and calling for recalls of school board members. Mr. Youngkin, a private, uh, former private equity executive, has capitalized, seizing on conservatives' concerns about instruction on race and the rights of transgender children to argue that Democrats want to come between parents and their children's education. Mr. Youngkin's attacks have forced Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic former governor, trying to win back his old job, onto the defense and have thrust the ordinarily local issues surrounding schools into the middle of a rancorous nationwide shouting match. The Virginia race offers an early electoral test of that conservative energy. That's why the Democrats are paying attention now. They're scared, and they should be. Here's an independent voter on CNN. Let's dig deeper. This is one of the voters you spoke to, Amy Dodson, who says she's a true independent. Listen. I'm historically an independent voter. I have voted every which way you could vote. Um, what led me to vote for Glenn Youngkin this time around was education. Was education. Polling in Virginia from CBS News shows 65% of voters, their number one issue, education. 65% education. This is an issue that is blowing up against the Democrats. Now, I don't need to reread for you the New York Times story. I'll just reread the subheading. Virginia Republicans in a tight governor's race have been staging parents matter rallies and tapping into conservative anger. Virginia is not 60 to 65% conservative. It's not. It's become a blue state. And the New York Times focuses on lifelong Republican Tammy Yoder and Republican rallies and Republican activists leading groups of parents. But that's not the reality on the ground. The reality on the ground is there are way more than Republicans mad about this. There are way more than Republicans enraged about this. And the Democrats can't help themselves and the media can't help themselves because they are spun up into the same universe, into the same bubble. They don't realize it's an issue or they have too late. Terry McAuliffe is running in Virginia and he's trying to tie Glenn Youngkin 
to Donald Trump. They're actually putting up signs. Yunkin equals Trump or Trump equals Yunkin. They're spreading them around Virginia as if voters care. I saw two CNN reporters last night in a, new, in a Washington Post report today positively giddy that Steve Bannon held a rally for Republicans in Virginia. Glenn Youngkin wasn't there, but by God, they pulled all of their might into tying Youngkin to it, including Donald Trump called in and endorsed Glenn Youngkin. Virginia, Virginia, pay attention. He's Trump. He's Trump. You know what, what, what Youngkin is doing is kind of hilarious. Uh, so Raphael Warnock ran in Georgia last year. Far left progressive. And he ran these happy pictures of him with puppies and him with kids, and it was all happy. And how can, how can these people say Warnock's a bad guy? Look at him with the puppies. Look at him with the kids. They were very affable ads. The Republicans tried to paint him as a socialist, communist, anti-American, hates America, hates mom and apple pie. You can't vote for Raphael Warnock. And here are the Warnock ads. I love puppies. I love kids. I love you. When all of the raindrops or gumdrops, I, 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 I mean, it, 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 you, you couldn't, you couldn't run against Warnock because Warnock's ads were endearing. People liked the ads. Independent voters liked the ads. Yunkin's doing the same thing. And Terry McCall's like, he's Trump. He's bad. He's Trump. And Yunkin's like, I love my kids. I love my family. I love my neighborhood. I love Virginia. I love the trees. I love the forest. I love the people. I love the rivers. I love Virginia really hard to demonize that guy. He's barely even talked about the issues. Youngkin's barely talked about the issues. In fact, I was criticizing him months ago saying he's not talking about the issues. Oh, he's talking about the issues now. And he's talking about schools and education and parents are being are pissed off and, and their school boards are coming after the parents and treating the parents as bad guys. And it's not conservatives. And this is where the New York Times and the Democrats get it wrong. And this is how the Republicans are making inroads in a blue state like Virginia. They've convinced themselves it's just Republicans and conservatives who have this problem. It's like they convinced themselves last year that only white conservatives were opposed to defunding the police. Turns out. Black families really don't want the police defunded. But they're in a bubble and they don't know. And the progressives surround themselves with each other. And they give each other attaboys. And they say, this doesn't matter. It's just Fox News. Except the parents showing up at the school board meetings. And now showing up at the Youngkin rallies, they read the New York Times and they watch CNN and they give money to Democrats and they're voting for Glenn Youngkin. To quote the New York Times, the Virginia race offers an early electoral test of conservative energy. Problem is not the conservative energy. The problem is the pissed off independents who are going to vote with the conservatives because they're tired of the Democrats using schools not to teach their kids, but to indoctrinate their kids. And Virginia will find out how much hell the Democrats will have to pay for doing that. And you know what? They're not going to be able to change in a year. They're not going to be able to turn that ship around. And they're going to be stuck with the results. They will see doom coming if it goes bad for Terry McAuliffe, and they won't be able to get out of the way. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, the phone number, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. So my kid was telling me a crystal shop has opened in a neighborhood near me. 
And he, I was like, Crystal Shop, this is this is weird. Went online. It is a metaphysical, spiritual shop. Even you can learn magic lessons, not like, like sleight of hand magic, but like actual conjuring magic. Oh, yeah. Totally into the, the supernatural, um, the, the crystal power, the powers of the crystals, that sort of stuff. Uh, listen, if, if you want to shop there, go shop there. Not criticizing the store for opening. Someone saw a business opportunity. Uh, the point here is this. You know, there there is a, a God of all creation. There, he's real. He exists. And when Christianity begins to fade from a place, something very interesting happens. You do not see the rise of atheists. What you see is the old gods sneak back in. Uh, astrology, crystals, witchcraft, all of that, paganism. It's the very old religions. And they just, when Christianity is dominant, they fade away. And as Christianity begins to fade in an area, they creep back in. It's not that you suddenly see the rise of atheists. And I'm sure a lot of these people would consider this as atheists, but they're all spiritual. The, the amount of people who have embraced some level of next level spiritualism in this country is kind of staggering as Christianity fades. And what we get with this is, well, we get more sacrificing kids to Moloch to placate the harvests and the rain and the climate. We get all sorts of superstitious beliefs, more people taking astrology seriously. We get all sorts of uh, crazy violence in the country. The old gods creep back in, the pagan gods, uh, when the real god is pushed aside. I just find it fascinating that you never get rid of religion. It's just the old ways, the pagan ways, the superstitious ways, they come back in. And you know what? Christianity is more deeply favorable to science than these old ways. So we're about to have some wild times. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.